Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. They're playing basketball. We love that basketball. They're playing basketball. Welcome into the We Hate Dwayne Wade Show. As always, I'm your host, Young Ben. Alongside me, my co-host, Sam Packard. Hello, hello. How are y'all doing out there? Uh, they're doing very well. I, I don't know if you could hear that. You don't have your headphones on, but they just said they're doing really well. Good to hear. Uh, they're jacked up. They're pumped. Because you know what? It's the beginning. It's finally here. The beginning of the NBA it's season. Back. It is back. And for those of us who are diehard NBA fans, we're excited. For those of us that are periphery NBA fans, they're like, eh, call me when it's February. Call me at the All-Star break. We'll be good. I'll, yeah. I'll pay attention then. I saw a Daniel Tosh tweet that said, if you watch NBA before Christmas, you're crazy. And that really pissed me off because if you still watch Daniel Tosh, you're crazy because that show is one of the worst things on television. It, at one point, it was a very good show, even though it was a carbon copy of 10 other shows that had already no, existed. It, and then it had to justify its own existence. It was a good show when it only played YouTube videos, and then it got a budget and had writers, and they're like, we have to create something. And then it became a terrible, terrible show. That's usually what happens when you have a good product, the management tries to meddle with it, and then they end up screwing everything up and, and taking it away from what it initially was, just like what management is doing to this podcast right now. They've said, no guests, you can't talk to anyone, screw you guys, go home. This is the first I'm hearing of this, really. Well, I actually talk to management, you stroll in at 1040. I don't even know who management is. I know. And I they be- don't know I, who I am. I barely know who management <laughs> is. I like to keep that relationship that way. Yeah, you didn't even get hired to do the job. You just started writing for the, about the Celtics on WEI.com. Exactly. I thought that was a good way of doing things. Good for you. Kudos, Sam. Why, thank you. Kudos. But uh, so this is Wednesday morning, uh, t- about 10, 30, 11 in the morning, before the first Celtics game of the season. Obviously, we had a couple of games last night. We had the Spurs and Mavericks. You had the Lakers and uh, Rockets. What was that third game? Pelicans and Magic, and Anthony Davis went off. He has one block away from a triple-double, had like 16 rebounds, 26 points. He's going to be amazing. He already is amazing. It he, was fun he, to watch. He is so damn good. But but I say this. Call me when he gets Akeem numbers, a quadruple-double. There was a lot of tweets about that last night, and he's, it's, he's just not going to get the number of assists or steals necessary to do it. But if anyone could, it'd be him, and he'd just have to get a crazy amount of assists one game. I think the most amount of assists he's had in a game is four. It's possible, though. I mean, he's a certainly intelligent enough basketball player to pull it off, and he's the only one I can imagine in the NBA right now actually doing it. Um, so Julius Randle broke his leg hilarious. for the Lakers. I wouldn't say hilarious, but... Uh, Not for Julius Randle, but for like kind of like Celtics fans people who hate the Lakers organization, kind of hilarious. What about those of us who really liked Julius Randle coming out of the draft? Well, for those of you guys, it's a little, it's a little sad moment. You'll I, see him I, develop. I feel bad for the oh, guy. Yeah, I really do. His first your, NBA game and he breaks his leg. 
okay, maybe hilarious was a strong take that <laughs> yeah. I might be, I'm going to backpedal from right now. But the Lakers are doomed. They got absolutely owned last night. Kobe got in a little bickering fight with Dwight Howard, called him soft, a bunch of other things. That's all that's going to be this season is just Kobe storylines that are just not really relevant because he's they're going to lose a bunch of games. Yeah, they are going to lose a bunch of games. Obviously, you guys know Nash is is done. Uh, his back it won't allow him to play this season. I know he wants to play one more season because it's all about the money for him right now. And, and I'm not saying that to be an asshole, but he had a big divorce that cost him a lot of money, so he wants to get another year under his belt and uh, be a little more financially secure. But I don't see that happening because he's done. Uh, Boozer sucks. I hate Boozer. Oh, yeah. Uh, I hate the look of him. I hate his game. If I was big enough, I'd want to fight him, but I'm not. You could so fight Jeremy I, Lin. I think you could take Jeremy I Lin. I could kick Jeremy Lin's ass. I, th- I think I would very much like to see that. I think he, Jeremy Lin would actually probably win because he's like an in-shape professional athlete. And I am not. No, I've, I play basketball with you every week, and you're not in shape at I'm all. I'm in horrible shape. The only thing I got going for me is I'm exceptionally strong. That's about it. Yeah, first, you'd be really hoping for a first-round knockout because if it goes longer than like three minutes, Jeremy Lin's got you. Oh, yeah. I got, <laughs> I got the lungs of an 80-year-old cigarette smoker. But um, <clears throat> I'm only 29. <clears throat> I'm not 80. Uh, but the Spurs raised the rafter or raised the uh, banner to the rafters last night, beat the Mavericks. The most entertaining game of the night. It was very close the entire time. Uh, Chandler Parsons, extremely disappointing, and let's judge his, the whole contract based on that one game. It was a bad contract, and the Mavericks made a mistake, and they should uh, release him or trade him immediately because of that one game. He missed the game-winning shot at the end. He's terrible, and I just really don't like him, and I can't tell really why. I think it's one part that he's white and one part that he's good-looking, and those, I don't like that in an NBA player. Well, I always thought he was a little overrated. I thought he was in a system that was perfect for him where he wasn't the one or the two, or in some cases the third uh, option. He was in a position where he could kind of hide. And pick his spots. He's not in that position anymore. Especially that contract. Especially that contract. That. Yeah, makes him so he you can't hide. It. And even though I would still consider him the third best option on that team after Dirk and Monte Ellis, once you sign that contract, you're going to have to come out and produce. Dirk had a funny quote about it. He said, uh, "On all road games, uh, what's his name, Pretty Boy, is going to have to pay for all my meals because he's taking my money anyway." Because Dirk took a lesser deal, so they could go out and sign uh, Parsons. I don't think he's a bad player. I don't think he's nearly as he's not worth the money. Oh no! But they had to for because he was a restricted free agent. They had to overpay him. That's the nature of the business. Yeah, and, and they're impatient in Dallas, which I completely understand because uh, Cuban is Cuban and he's very impatient. Uh, and, and you only have a limited time with Dirk. Dirk's still one of the best players in the NBA. Still still top 15 player in the NBA. Uh, I got him 25th, no, 24th in my fantasy draft last night for fantasy basketball. Was, uh, I forgot. I, like, I was playing basketball last night, as you know, because you bailed. And to I, do this fantasy draft. I wanted to do a fan, I wanted to get in a fantasy basketball league because I've never done it. I've done fantasy baseball since I was literally nine years old. I don't do it anymore because it's boring and sucks. But I, I started doing fantasy baseball at nine, and I've been doing fantasy football for the past 13, 14 years. I've never done fantasy basketball. Me neither. I, I popped my virginity last night, and it felt good. It was wonderful. It was a bit messy. I was a bit nervous. I didn't know what I was doing, but in the end, it was it lasted for a good half an hour, and it felt good. 
<laughs> Can we talk about losing Dirk? your virginity does not last a half an hour? I know. By the way, uh, basketball, fantasy basketball, purely. Let me ask you, who's on your team? I don't care about where you took it. I just want to know who's on your team. Uh, LeBron, I had the first pick, so I have LeBron, Dirk, Kyle Lowry, Jabari Parker, Rajon Rondo. It's all the ones I can really remember right now. I have a couple other uh, role players. Oladipo I drafted late because he's hurt the first season, but I think he's going to come back. But I think I have getting Dirk and LeBron I was pretty happy with. That's uh, that's not a bad team from what I hear. I don't know what everyone else has, but you know, if you have LeBron on your team, you've got LeBron on your team. What I want to talk about is last night, Dirk, the Mavericks' last possession, they have a pick-and-roll switch. He gets Danny Green on the left side with about – Seven seconds left. Perfect situation for Dirk. They're down one to just post up and do what Dirk does. Tim Duncan kind of flashes that he may double him, and Dirk immediately passes it across court, and it swings around for Parsons, who misses the deep three. You're Dirk Nowitzki, bro. Take that shot. It's your team. You, you're ju- there to make that game-winning shot and post up on Danny Green. It was astounded me that he passed the ball. So he gave up a much easier... Two point jump shot, or that turn that 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 turnaround, that but turnaround fade that's that he's a, shot, a master of. You know, if you want to emulate someone's turnaround fade, there's two guys, and that's it. It's Jordan and Dirk. Now, some people might say Kobe, but Kobe's is a carbon copy of Jordan, so that's why I always say Jordan. Um, but Dirk is deadly with that because Dirk is so smart in how he positions his foot on that turnaround the fade. Five times down the floor, he hit that shot three out of the five times. Like he had, he was hot. Duncan flashed for like a microsecond and for the double team, and Dirk immediately passed the ball. And I think it cost his team the game. Panic move by Dirk, who's not known for panic moves. No, I fully expected him to take it, and I was shocked when he passed the ball. The Mavericks will be fine. They will make the playoffs in the West. They'll be fine. Oh, yeah, they'll be it's fine. Obviously, They're it's gonna... one game of an 82 game season. Speaking of one game. Yes. The Celtics play tonight against the Brooklyn Nets. Rajon Rondo is a nap time decision, he says. First he came out, he said he was 79%. The next day, that got pushed to 83%. What are your thoughts on uh, the point guard? Clearly he's playing games with the media. Um, I don't blame him because the media writes horribly awful things about him all the time. Uh, A lot of those things are deserved. However... Uh, just psychologically, that's tough to deal with at a certain point, and you want to turn it around. Um, having met and interacted with Rondo, he's kind of an asshole. He really is. He thinks he's better than everyone, and no one can touch him. But uh, I don't mind this instance of it. No, this was hilarious to me. I, I don't mind that, especially the nap time decision. I think that's actually pretty damn funny. The 79%, 83%, whatever, who cares? This thing about it is, like, as a media member, you have they haven't played since a week ago, so they've had to write stories for six days, basically all building up to this one game. Rondo knows that. He's been asked the question probably every single day, like, yeah. are you playing, are you playing? It's funny. I'm guessing he's going to play. Everything points to him playing. It's all about his decision. Steven says if the medical staff allows him to, like, play, he'll play. He's going to play. Who's not going to play is Brooke Lopez, which means the Celtics actually have a good chance of winning this ballgame. They do have a chance. Um, they have to play very aggressive defense, uh, especially perimeter defense. They have to play very aggressive against because the Nets are – they still have talent. They're not a good team, 
but they're very they have very talented individuals. They're one in the Daron Williams and Joe Johnson. They might they get a lot of criticism, but they're still talented, they're, like they're top good, level they're good NBA players. Players. And they're going to have to be defended the entire game on the perimeter. But neither of those guys are good team basketball players. Whereas KG might be like the ultimate example of a team basketball player. Then you have two of the most selfish players uh, of the last 10 years in Williams and Johnson. Especially Iso Joe. Um, Williams, as we know, can go off at the drop of a hat and drop 35 on you with no sweat. Joe Johnson can't quite do that anymore. But he can still put up 20 points and a half if he wants to. But he's not going to easily put up 35, 36 points against you anymore. He'll have those games, but not consistently. So it's very reliant on the Celtics perimeter defenders to do a good job against them. And I think that matchup plays perfectly into the Celtics' hands, especially without Lopez. Their strength of their team is perimeter defense, with especially with Bradley and Smart playing on the same uh, court together. That's basically really... that Without Lopez, the Nets... Pretty much play exactly into the Celtics' strength. Yeah, they really do, uh, and uh, I'm excited for this game. I, I think the Celtics have a legitimate chance of winning this game, uh, provided they get out there and run on the old legs of the Nets. Just run, 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 run. Tommy Heinsohn's going to be saying it a lot tonight. You know that. Run, 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 and he's absolutely right. You've got a lot younger, a very, a much younger team in the Celtics, and a much fresher team. So. Just get out there, bust your ass, and run on them. And play good perimeter defense, and you'll be fine. So I'm thinking the Celtics will probably win tonight. I think they'll be jazzed up. There actually are still tickets to to this game, which is kind of shows you what the state of the Celtics franchise is. Yeah, KG's coming back. It's opening night. I mean, no, KG's been back before, but still, you think it'd be nice to see him. But I think they're going to win tonight. I think they'll basically be able to execute the strategy that will win them games all season, which is just run and shoot. There's not going to be a post-presence, so Solinger and Olenek can creep out. And they're just going to be shooting threes and running fast breaks all day. And I think it'll, for this is a, a limited situation where it will actually work. This matchup works to their advantage. How many games do you think they're going to win this season? I know I, we've already talked about it, but I'm, I can't remember and I'm curious. Like three weeks ago, I said under the 26 over-under. Yeah. I've pushed it now to over, but I think I predicted 30 wins. You think this is a 30-win team? I think they're going to be better defensively than we all expect, and it's going to actually win them some games, some close games, but they're still not going to make the playoffs and get like a 9 or an 8 pick this year. I still wonder where the volume scoring is going to come from. I mean, this is a team where you're going to have a lot of guys that are in those low double digits in scoring. But who who's going to be your premier scorer? Obviously, we've talked about Jeff Green a lot. He has the ability to do it on a night-in, night-out basis. He doesn't have the temperament to do it. Um, <clears throat> Rondo can light it up, but he's not a consistent scorer because he's not a very good shooter. Smart, we know, again, same, almost the same exact thing I with Rondo. I think the leading scorer of this team will probably be Jared Sullinger. Sullinger or Evan with Turner? Like, or Evan Turner, in the, but it's going to be, what, 18 points a night? Yeah, it's going to be like last year, 18.6 points a night. Well, and that was Jeff Green. But about that 18 points a game, which is not a good sign for your team. Uh, <clears throat> it's nice to have a bunch of guys that can score a little bit because then it spreads the ball. But the, as a defender, I'm not – terribly worried about anyone and you don't really need to do help defense you just kind of stick to your man and you'll be fine um I, I can't see this team winning more than 25 games i just can't do it because who's going to take over when they need it 
I, there's no one to take over. I still think that's why they're bad, but I think their defense will keep them in a lot of games, and they're gonna they're gonna steal a few. Because there can be times where Je- there's gonna be a random Jeff Green game where he takes over a random time where Rondo just takes over the fourth quarter. They'll push get him that extra five wins. Because I actually do think, at least in the preseason, I think their defensive efficiency rankings were like top five. They actually were very good defensively, and I think they'll continue as we go on. I think they can beat the Nets tonight, but then. Saturday when we go to Houston, or they go to Houston, and then Monday. You're already saying, wait, I see how it is. I've been doing that the whole podcast, and it's problematic because now I like have to go into the locker room and stuff. You can't think that way. No. But when they go to Houston <laughs> and Dallas, they're going to get destroyed. Those two teams are much better than the Celtics. And you brought up their defensive efficiency, and, and we've talked about how good their uh, perimeter defenders are. Um, they're all very good. We, I, we, I wish you came to basketball last night because there was a good Rajon Rondo defensive argument going on between a couple of the guys. And uh, one of the guys that plays with us, just to give you guys a little background, was a walk-on at Siena. So he, he's like 50 years old now, but he's still a legit basketball player. He's still pretty good. And he was arguing with one of the younger guys about Rondo. He was saying, Rondo's still a very good defensive player. And this other guy's saying, he sucks. His efficiency is terrible. Like, and I jumped in the argument myself and said, listen, Rondo ability-wise is as good as anyone you're going to find in the NBA. Uh, his problem is that he takes too many chances. He's trying to play those passing lanes, which once you figure out that that's what he's going to do, I'll just shoot on you or dump it over your head to the post. Um, but he's still a fantastic defender. Uh, he's a little lazy at times, but he's very, very good. Um Avery Bradley, as we know, is an elite perimeter defender. One of the, I would say, top five perimeter defenders in the NBA. Uh, Marcus Smart looks like he could be a very good perimeter defender. But my question is, where's the defense come from down low? It does. It, they, that's one of the biggest flaws of this team. Kelly Olynyk looks like a T-Rex, and he has baby little arms, and he's never going to defend anyone. He's a small body. And Sullinger is just not athletic enough. They're going to get burned down low constantly. I just don't – if they – like, when they play Houston, who defends Dwight Howard? There's no one on this team at all capable of doing that. Stevens can draw something up. They can double him quickly, but they're going to get beat. Uh, any team with an elite uh, post score is going to torch the Celtics. That's my that would be my strategy against the Celtics all season. I don't care who I have down low. I'm just dumping it in all day Anyone long. Anyone over 6 foot 9 just give them the ball in the post and they should be able to do work. Pretty much. I, I think that this team rebounding wise will be fine. Sullinger's a very good rebounder for his size and his athletic ability. Well, he's got the biggest ass in the league, he better be. He he's a smart rebounder. He's a very smart rebounder. He knows how to position himself and he doesn't um, you see a lot of these times that guys, it hits the rim and they jump prematurely. His jumps are always right on time. He knows exactly when to go up and get the ball. And he's not big for a forward, uh, a power forward. He's not big at all, but he's a very good rebounder. So I'm not worried about the rebounds that much as we had been in the past. Even with the KG teams, they were one of the worst rebounding teams in the league. And part of that was the way Doc set up the system. But I'm really concerned about the Celtics especially getting defensive rebounds and allowing that other team to get those offensive boards and those second-chance points, that's going to be a real problem for them going forward through this season. I just don't I don't know how long they can... It looks like they're going to have start Olenek and Sullinger at their front line. I just don't know how long they can keep that pair in the game. 
You're going to bring in Tyler Zeller. He brings some size. He runs the floor well, but he's not a great defender either. They just don't have that kind of... Dwight Powell looks lost out on the floor. I don't think he has any chance of actually making an impact on this team. The Luckily for them, there's not a lot of great offensive centers in the league, but that's the that'd be the main way to beat them. Yeah, there there is a serious void of offensive big men in this league right now. Uh you we've only got a couple and we can name them probably on one hand. Um I hate Dwight, but he's still a pretty good offensive player. He re- he really is. He is. Kevin Love's a very good offensive player. Anthony Davis is a very good offensive player. Dirk Tim Duncan's still a good offensive he's player. He's just too wily. He'll beat you no matter what he does. He knows how to. But there we go. I might have done it right there. I know we're probably forgetting someone, but in terms of like very good offensive big man, I that's about it. Pow meh. Saul Zebo is pretty Zebo's old and often injured now. Marcus All, not a very good offensive player. Uh he still can do it. A lot of his offensive uh, production comes off of Zebo. Where Zebo can beat you any which way he wants, just because he's—I I don't know how he does it. He's thick and he's mean. But that's why I loved um, Julius Randle in college last year because he's the same exact offensive game as Zebo. But Randle needed to fill out more, and I, I'm, that's why I'm sad that he broke his leg. Because I wanted to see him develop. All right, his injury is no longer hilarious. No, yeah, you're an asshole. <laughs> a terrible, terrible person. <laughs> <laughs> but. uh let me ask you, you're Brad Stevens. What's your starting lineup, and who's your sixth man? Right now, my starting lineup is Rondo, Bradley, Green, Sullinger, Olenek, and Smart is my sixth man coming off the bench. Where does Evan Turner fit? Evan Turner's part of that second unit. He swings from one to three. I don't know how many minutes. He'll probably get probably 25 minutes a game. I think he kind of acts as a second sixth man. I think they're going to be 10 rotation, 10 deep. They're just going to be constantly shuffling new guys in. But I think Evan Turner will get his minutes. I just, he doesn't necessarily start. Okay. I don't think he starts either because who are you going to take out? None of those five. You're not going to take any of those guys out. But the biggest question mark for me with Evan Turner is really what his actual role is. You, you just mentioned anywhere from one to three. Um, but that gets confusing as a player because, okay, now I'm going to go play some point guard. Don't you know that the NBA doesn't have positions anymore? That's a, such a crock of shit. The, uh, the crazy um, Kings owner just proposed the other day a four-on-five strategy where you play four guys on defense. And a cherry picker. I think it's a, just crazy enough to work. Not like You don't definitely don't use it every possession, but so, like one time you just have one play call where you're just like, Throw it out there, try to catch a team off balance in an easy two points. Yeah, but the Celtics did that in the early 90s. They did. They did. It, they didn't. It wasn't intentional that they did it. They just had Dino Raja on the team <laughs> who refused to come back and play defense, and he would just stand under the hoop and say, I'm ready whenever you guys are. Play your good defense, throw the ball down here, I'll smoke a cigarette and score. That was Dino Raja. That's yeah, what he did. I'm saying you take the Dino Raja and you just implement it more intelligently, you, you sprinkle it in. Yeah, I, I, the teams are too uh, too good and athletic uh, to try and guard them with only four people. It, it won't work. I saw that the Kings owner said that, and I thought, oh, isn't that cute? No, it's a it's a fun idea. At least they're trying new things. I like. I'm all for any new idea. And that's why you're the Sacramento Kings. 
they do said he would be open to like basically any trade besides cousins, which I'm also interested in to see as well because they're just trading something name. for trading something. That's a safe. name we forgot. Is definitely a good we forgot man. Boogie Cousins because he's buried in friggin' Sacramento. Ugh. The only time the Kings were ever relevant was with Weber for like two. That's years. the only time Sacramento was ever, ever relevant. I'm shocked that it's the capital of California. That's so weird that that's the capital. I know. Hey, Kevin Johnson's the mayor. Is he still the mayor? I believe he still is the mayor. Apparently he's a real bad guy, though. Really? Oh, yeah, I, know. I can't remember the specifics, but Deadspin went on this whole thing after he helped out during the Donald Sterling saga. Apparently he's just a real uh, a bad dude, but now I'm just kind of besmirching his name because I don't have the actual uh, facts to back this statement. That's fine. I, I don't care. That's what the internet's for, guys. <laughs> if you want to research Kevin Johnson, just Google him. There's no accountability on this show. Zero. Hell, we named it We Hate Dwayne Wade. We do hate Dwayne Wade. We do hate Dwayne Wade. And we don't like um, facts. Well, no, we like some facts, but they have to be right in front of us. Otherwise, it's pure speculation, and that's what makes this show great. <sighs> F facts. Um, all right. Uh, I wanted to ask you this a couple of weeks ago, and we haven't really talked about it. Who are your three favorite players in the NBA? Favorite. You just you love to watch them. If it's a 10:30 game at night, you'll stick around just to watch that player. Who are your three favorite players in the NBA? And I, I'm asking you guys, the our listeners too, to hop on Twitter and let us know who your three favorite players are and why. Uh, at Young Ben W E I and at S Pack Guy. Uh, so Sam, who are your three favorite players? Right now, I'd have to go with Russell Westbrook. Okay, why? Because one, he kind of looks like a turtle, and he just is constantly in attack mode. He plays harder than anyone in the league, and is constantly looking to score, and is just athletically le- like beyond anyone else in the league. He's just il- high energy constantly, and that's just fun to watch yep. as a fan. Steph Curry, because he's the best shooter we've seen in a long, long, time. a long, long time, and can at any moment score twelve points in the next four possessions. Mm-hmm. Now. Uh, I get now. I'd have to say the brow. I think just his size, his ability to run the floor. I saw him get a steal last night and go two dribbles and dunk it. He's. I'm just excited to see him develop. And so yeah, that would be it. I'm not not in any particular order, but right now it would be Westbrook, Curry, and what's his name, Browface, Anthony, Anthony Davis. Davis. Yeah, I'd have to put Anthony Davis in my top three too, because I'm just so excited to watch someone who's in the infancy of greatness. Uh, it's fun to watch a guy develop. I, I was fortunate enough to be old enough to watch Shaq be drafted, come into the league, and then turn into this dominant player. Uh, I wasn't old enough to watch Akeem do it. Uh, I, I'm old enough to have gone back and watched those games uh, from the 80s with him and Samson playing. And I was of a perfect age in 94 and 95 when he won back-to-back titles and was the best player in the NBA. So that's why I love Anthony Davis. I'm going to throw one at you that I love, and it's not because I think he's necessarily a great player anymore or is that spectacular, but I love Manu Ginobili because the whole world knows he's going left, and he <laughs> beats you left every time. It doesn't matter. You, Everyone knows he's going to his left, and he beats you left, and I, I just love watching that play. Um, but I don't know who my third favorite player would be to watch. I, I just don't – there's not a lot of great – Interesting players out there. There's like great players. KD? Yeah, I, I, I See, like I felt, watching both of them too. I felt like I couldn't choose them because it'd be too cliche or too easy to pick. It, it, I like watching LeBron more than I like watching Durant because uh, LeBron does everything. Durant doesn't do Durant's not a plus defender like LeBron is, even though I think he should be. 
at that size and that wingspan he should be. But I definitely I love Anthony Davis because, like I said, you're watching a flower bloom. That was adorable. Uh, and, and generally, like I said, every, the whole world knows he's going left. And I think Westbrook's a great pick because the uh, what you said about him was spot on. He's He is go, 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 go. He's nonstop. Um, he's been improving, too. And, and you've gotten to watch this guy become a really, really good player. Derek Rose would have been in that category a couple of years ago because he was just... He's it a was, similar style. It was too. watching a video game. Yeah. It was watching a guy as a video game just do whatever he wanted. And unfortunately, the two, the, the multiple knee surgeries have really slowed him down, so I think. And we'll, we'll see that this season. But that, that's the challenge to you. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. Tell us who your three favorite players in the NBA are. Let us know. We want any feedback you guys want to give us on the show. It's always welcome. Again, that's uh, at YoungBenWEI, at SPACGuy. You can read Sam every how, how many every week you're going to be putting stuff out every there? week i'm going to do new uh bottom five top five rankings and doing just celtics recap as as i see fit are you doing game recaps uh to be determined i'll be at the game tonight we'll, we'll figure out our strategy as green street blog going forward but yeah, i'm definitely gonna be writing about the celtics probably at least once a week good well follow sam read him on weei.com as he said, he's going to be doing his top five, bottom five. I already had some problems with his bottom five because he had like 15 teams in his. No, yeah, that was the top. That five. was my top five. He had like 15 teams in your top five. Well, as the games are played, the things will settle and sell themselves out. Thank you guys for joining us yet again on the We Hate Dwayne Wade Show. Next week, special guest joining us. Ooh, don't tell me. I want to be a surprise next week. Okay, I will leave it at that. Uh, Sam, plug yours because I'm going to tell the listening audience. Michael Holly's going to join us, former beat reporter for the Boston Celtics. Did you hear that? No. Okay, good. All right, thank you guys for listening yet again to the We Hate Dwayne Wade Show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.